Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. I am Reagan, and we are back with the F the Nice Guy podcast with, you'll never guess who's here. <laughs> who, me? Me. No. You've never heard her before. <laughs> this is Mate. 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 I said Mate with an M. I should have said Nate. It's an obvious name that rhymes with Kate, and I chose Mate. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> can't think of another one yeah i th yeah that's a sad start anyways <laughs> i swear we're funny sometimes <laughs> we have good points oh oh shit all right so i'm gonna give some context for our listeners so we were recording the i've had it episode and in the midst of recording that we went off on a tangent. We were like laughing, 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 and then got really serious really quickly. <laughs> took a dark turn yeah. quick. And it was such a tonal shift that, um, <laughs> well, not only was it a tonal shift, but it was also like, I think a full episode. These stories deserve a full episode, like unto yeah. themselves, where we really dive into it because yeah. damn. Kind of, kind of went off topic, but it can be its own topic for sure. Exactly. Important topic that deserves its own episode. Yes. So this will be our most trauma heavy episode. <laughs> Granted, there is no assault. Just I just want to say that off the bat because I don't want ever, anybody like when I listen to these type of things, this is why it is trauma like because I personally am like, oh, God, oh, God, please don't. I have like my finger on the pause button, you know, because I don't want to hear <laughs> if, right. if a, a woman is like injured in some way. Mental trauma. Sh yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely just not as light as as usual not yeah. as light as usual none of these stories have assault in them yeah. um trigger warning women in unsafe scenarios yes uh but we can reveal we are both great now yeah. so we both make it out we're trying to make this <laughs> listening experience easy as possible but yeah. um yeah i think we've touched on it we've talked about it a little but nice guys do a lot of damage and there are cases in which nice guys are just as dangerous if not more dangerous than the men you've learned to fear because they lull you into a false sense of security and and then they put you in very unsafe situations where either they do you harm or they don't care if any harm yeah. comes to you okay kate we each have a story and then i have a story from online so after we recorded that episode and i realized we have to now re-record that episode um but before we're here today i actually saw a buzzfeed article and i read a story that is also similar to the stories we're going to tell today and i wanted to share it i'm just going to read it as is and then kate you and i can comment on it okay my good friend from college and I, along with other friends from our program, went out to a bar to celebrate finishing our degree. He kept feeding me shots, but I figured everyone just wanted to be drunk and have a good time. The night was coming to an end and I was quite incapacitated. My, quote, good friend frantically approached me, saying that he'd seen a guy put something in my drink, which I just finished. He told me that I would soon be unconscious and it was best that he take me back to his apartment so he could take care of me. Being heavily drunk and also quite scared, I agreed and he helped me back to his apartment. After making me something to eat and giving me some water, we set up camp for the night on his couch. He put on a movie and said he would sit and watch me sleep to make sure I didn't throw up or anything. As I started to doze off, he started touching me, first on my feet and knees and then my upper thigh. 
I confronted him about it and he said after everything he'd done, he felt he deserved compensation. I laughed it <coughs> off. Yeah, I know. I laughed it off, but after he tried to make a move again. I got angry and we began fighting. He exposed to me that no one had put anything in my drink and it was all a ploy to allow him to make his move. After some arguing, he decided it was best I left and he kicked me out of his apartment at 3 a.m. while I was still considerably drunk. This was someone who I trusted and spent four years being friends with. Sound familiar, Kate? <laughs> yeah, that's up <laughs> to just like one alarm her mm -hmm. with a made up story mm -hmm. of like, hey, you're about to lose consciousness and your memory. Let me take care of you. And then to attempt to like disarm her with the notion of, of you caring for her and then to like double back and, and be like, Hey, I made that up. Uh, I think because of everything that I did for you, the, the made up story that, uh, you know, came out of my head and scared the shit out of you because of everything I did for you during that time, I think I'm owed compensation for taking care of you, even though you weren't roofied. Like I'm so, I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> the care that I gave you was only necessary because of the lie that I told you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that worded it much better than I did. I was, my thoughts were coming faster than my words. It's insane. But... I'd already read yeah. it, so I've had a moment to process. Yeah, like the safety I provided was only necessary because of the fake danger exactly. I created. Yeah. He created a scary situation where you think I need someone to take care of me. This is not a matter of like, I would like someone to take care of me. This is right. like, I am going to lose consciousness. Like getting roofied means I'm down for the count. I need someone. This person is offering me their help. And then to like also be drunk on top of it. And then to later have him put you in this like comfortable position where you're all set up comfy on a couch and be like, oh, you know, I made all that up. Like now I think you need to put out for me. Like that is a bonafide psychopath. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And this is right in line with the stories we're gonna tell, yeah. but it really showcases where the danger is with these freaking nice guys because they are setting themselves up to be your safety. Like, oh, yeah. you may go out, but I've got your back. And so she's drinking more because she trusts this dude because he spent years, years building trust with her. Yeah. Four years that he has spent building trust with her and then feeding her alcohol. And then because he's made up this story, she's probably not even thinking clearly because I have been God. drugged before. When I was in my, I would have been early 20s, I was at a bar and I took a drink and then lights out. Literally, the next memory from that drink was waking up in a strange apartment with a pot next to me that I had been vomiting in. Yeah. And it ends up, thank God, my friend who, these two girls, I had never hung out with them solo before. They were like friends of friends, like thought I was just a wild time that night, you know, like, because I was just insane, you know, and like kept drinking. You're like I have no recollection. <laughs> right, yeah. They're like, your favorite song, Uptown Funk, you know? And I'm like, I don't like Uptown Funk. They're like, yeah, you do. <laughs> You requested it all night. And I'm like, <laughs> you did last night. Please, this is okay. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because they keep like <laughs> throwing these memories out. They're like, you made out with a guy in suspenders. I'm like, who? 
what? Oh man. Yeah. I'm like, I don't do that. Um, no, but it was, that was the only time I've ever had that happen. And it's like, it was drastic loss of consciousness. Um, unlike the story I'm going to tell is a little different, but, um, that was like black, like literally lights out, wake up, whatever, 12 hours later, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, we're all like told, like, watch out, watch your drink. Like you need to be wary of this. That's just like, an age-old tale don't oh, get yeah. this is what's going to happen to you so for him to calculate yes that story is so messed up and it's like that's my like i'm just thinking of like if someone said that to me now like if i was out and someone said hey guess what you i just saw somebody put something in your drink that i had just drank i would be i can't like i honestly can't imagine a more like that's got to be a top 10 most stressful thing someone could say to, to a woman right because in that moment, you're like, I'm about to lose consciousness. I'm out and about. I don't know who roofied me. Someone is trying to knock me out to do something to me. Yeah. And now you have this guy being the, the angel of the story, saving you, rescuing you. You don't even have time to think. Like she didn't have, she, I guarantee you was not thinking about, yeah. like, oh, sh uh, should I go home with him? She's probably like, oh my God, thank God. And I wonder if he was the one feeding her drinks the whole time, was his plan to just get her so drunk that she just let this happen. And then when she started questioning him, did he like get angry? And that's when he fessed up to it. Like what, what was his plan this whole time? Was he ever, I don't think he, I would assume, I, I would doubt assume, he was, no, I would assume he was going to ride that lie out and probably yeah. she, she put up too much resistance. She put up resistance or maybe she was like, I need to go to the hospital. I've been rubied. Like usually if they're going to commit to a lie like that, it's usually yeah. they're caught off guard by some pushback. Yeah, he's like, I worked so hard on this. Listen, damn listen, it. Listen, I yeah. spent a lot of time concocting this lie. <laughs> so... I'm owed. Oh. I'm, but again, that speaks to the entitlement. I'm telling yeah. you, I, I say this over and over like a nice guy, broken record alarm. I'm the alarm here that is saying the deep sense of entitlement with this these men and the deep sexism that is often linked to these men makes it so that if you go against them, not only are they willing to treat you like trash because they don't see you as an equal or they feel you have wronged them in quotations, heavy quotations, but they don't feel bad about it. They yeah. don't feel bad. They feel like you deserved it. Like that guy did not, like he kicked her out. Like these men and per our stories, do not feel bad about the harm that comes to you because they think you deserve it. Yeah. For what you did to them, which is like usually rejecting them or making them feel any type of negative way. Right. Oh, this is going to be a rough episode. I'm just gonna... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get real fired up. All right. Yeah. So that's that one. I, I just thought that was a good one to wet our palates here. It's it's on par. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't remember how we like got on got to this when we were recording previously, but um. I, I will preface it because I know like a lot of these episodes are us talking about like the shit things that men do, but I, uh, there, there are great guys out there and I spent my summers for many, many years on a ski team up North and I had a phenomenal group of friends and amazing older guys in my group of friends who did take care of me. I was the young one in the group. I, they kind of took me in. They were you know, the, the first real drinks I had were with this crowd. And like, these guys got me home safe. Like my, at points, my mom was communicating with them to make <laughs> sure that like someone was watching over me. So like 
I went into this scenario with that being kind of my standard. Uh, I was very lucky to have them at that age. And this was like early on in college. And I spent most of my summers up North, but I would come home to my hometown um, for like a, a long weekend or something for a, a little bit of time. And I had come home and I don't remember what for, but we were all out with like um, a big group of just hometown folks or whatever. And there was a guy who was, I, I think he was five years older than me because I remember him being the star basketball player when I was in eighth grade and he was a senior and he was like the guy that everyone loved the hometown guy. Yeah. He went on to play in some college, you know, I don't remember, but like he was the hot guy. He was the one, all the girls lusted over. And it was just that name that stuck in your head as being like that, that great guy. That's super the cool older guy. Exactly. That you wrote in your journal. <laughs> His last name with my first name. Yes. And we he was out because he was a cousin of one of my friends. And, Ugh. you know, at that point I was, I don't, I was probably like 20 or 21. So I was old enough to be like talking to him. It wasn't like that big of an age gap anymore. It wasn't like I was in high school anymore, but he and I kind of like hit it off and, and he had like, his family knew my family and it, I didn't know him personally that well because he was just just that much older than me that we didn't like ever we weren't in high school together but I felt like he was a safe person for sure just because of his reputation because like he was related to a good friend of mine he had the same first name as my dad which you know I mean maybe that could be unpacked in a different episode (laughs) why why that made me feel safe but like like subconscious safe (laughs) yeah exactly and I I was obviously still attracted to him. He was always like that, that crush of all the girls. And so anyways, he lived close to where I lived, which was out in the country. And I don't remember the exact um, details as to what was going on, but the whole point was that he was going to get me home. And my car was where his house was. And he, the point was to stop at his house to grab something. And then he was going to drive me home. Nothing like sexual had been discussed or anything like that. The whole point was that he was going to safely get me home. Mm -hmm. And we stopped at his house. He was like, you want to come in for a minute? And I came in and like, no joke. The second that I like crossed that threshold of the door of his home, he was on me. And I resisted. And I, I told him like, no, I'm not interested. Like, um, I don't remember what I said, but I told him no. And the flip of a switch that happened in that moment was alarming (laughs) and was a a big wake up call for me um, at at that point in my life because he was immediately no longer interested in spending time with me. He was no longer interested in being in my presence uh, and basically shoved me out the door. And there was no more, I'm going to get you home. There's no more drive home. There's, it was probably three o'clock in the morning. It was before Uber. Even if there was Uber, my hometown wouldn't have had it available. We were out in the country. I remember standing in like the cul-de-sac being like, what the just happened? And I, um, you know, I hate to say it, but I had to drive myself home that night. Uh, Luckily I wasn't that far away. It wasn't crossing any major roads. It was a a short country drive, but uh, any semblance of care or compassion or um you know humanity human <laughs> was decency gone. yeah any sort of decency it was gone like immediately when i resisted and it was just so upsetting and heartbreaking to me because it was like this image 
of this guy that I had had for years. And I was kind of like, you know, I was excited. I was like the guy who everybody had crushes on was like into me. And I thought maybe we would like make out or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. It, like you idolize this guy on some level and you're like, Oh, maybe we'll kiss. And like never in a million years, I'm sure. Did you assume not only will he will kiss me, I will not like it. And when I say no, he will kick my ass out, even though he knows I'm wasted. Yeah. It escalated so quickly. And then like, it was just done <laughs> that I, I vividly remember just standing there being like, okay. Uh, like, Oh, I, and I think I had to knock on his door again and be like, I, I need my car keys. So like I, he had time to like cool down for a second after I like get was gathering myself. Cause I, I do remember that being like, like knocking on the door and him coming back. And I was like, I need my keys to get home. And he just like handed them to me and was like, see ya. So like, he could have again been like, no, I'll, I'll give you a ride home. I'll make sure you get home safe. Nope. See ya. Slam the door in my face. That was it. Like, and I mean, he would have oh been God. 25, 26 years old. And I was in my early twenties. Like, like a full grown man. Yeah. A whole ass man who a just whole let... ass man who just yeah. kicked out a young girl because yeah. he couldn't, he couldn't get laid. Yeah. And it That's was like, so disgusting. Just his, his, the impression that I got was that he had just thought all this, all this effort and all this work just amounted to nothing for him. And it was like my, my time our conversation, what I thought we were like bonding over, getting to know each other over, it was deemed worthless in an instant. And it was, it was a big, big lesson for me uh, that not all men are, are like my, you know, my friends on my ski team and, and that I needed to um, just have a backup plan to take care of myself. Cause I can't rely on these people, <laughs> these men to take care of me. And just that story always stuck with me because it really sucked. It just made me sad. Oh my God. Of course. But, like it's, yeah. I, and I'll talk about this a little in my story too, but it's like seeing that switch in a dude is so terrifying. It's so confusing. My mom calls it when they shark eye you, it's mm -hmm. like the light goes out in their eyes and immediately, and maybe it could be narcissism could just be a deep, deep rooted sense of entitlement and sexism. But it's literally like their eyes go black and they're like, it's like a possession. Yeah. It's like, I don't give a shit about you. Actually. I don't give a f if you get home. I don't give a f if you survive yeah. Get the f out of my house. And it's not an exit. <laughs> We're going to be heavy on the bleeps from here on out. They go so far back. Like, and it's, it's not even an exaggeration to say these people don't care if you live or die because they don't. There was no text in the morning. There was no, Hey, did you get home safe? Mm -hmm. it, that was the last time I ever saw or spoke to this person in my life. Like, Oh my God. For the record, my parents are great. And I could always call my parents if I needed a ride, but they were not in, they were up North and I was staying at my house by myself. So I just want to throw that out there because I had no, I didn't have anybody like nobody was awake at three o'clock in the morning. Like it, I think we had like pulled up and we were like talking in his car for a while. And like, that was even fine and, and comfortable. And I still felt like we were getting to know each other. And I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe this could turn into something type of Ugh. feeling. Like we had spent so long talking to each other. Yeah. And the second we were in that house, the second he was on me and it was like, it was just so disheartening. Yeah. And I'd love, if we could, I'd love to talk about because you've briefly touched on it, but the false familiarity that these nice guys bank on, which is that they make you feel like you know them, 
Whether it's yeah. banking on their persona per year or story, like he was the cool guy. Like everybody loves this guy. He's got to be fine. Or, you know, he's a cousin of a friend. He's, he's somebody, yeah. you know, you know, of you, you feel like, you know, it's like they bank on this false sense of familiarity. They'll even encourage it. They'll make you feel like you're closer than you are because yeah. then you get into situations you wouldn't get in because you feel like, you know, them. And then when you realize you don't, it's too late. Cause like, I'm sure in that moment you were like, I don't know this person at all. What the hell just happened? Like, I do not yeah. know who this person is. He was writing that reputation, I think, um, that he knew that he had in town. So that's my story. <laughs> that 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 took our conversation from like lighthearted and funny and and you know taking dumps in gold toilets to like, <laughs> like give me a therapist stat. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and hearing your story, this is how. We, let us tell you how it all unraveled here. So you told that story and there's parts of your story that pinged me so hard. That's what I call it. It's like strikes me, you know? Yeah. It's probably, it's probably like a PTSD thing, you know, like where it's like, oh God, that reminds me too much of my thing. Um, but there were parts that I was like, holy shit, that happened to me. Yeah. And like that feeling is so, once you've had it happen, like there's nothing quite like it. To feel like you know someone and in a moment for them to not only become a stranger to you, but to have such disregard and disdain for you mm -hmm. and realize, oh, I don't know you, you've manipulated me and now I'm in danger. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, so I can tell mine. So the story I'm gonna tell is unfortunately the most recent run-in I've had with a nice guy. And I think because I've been doing so much work on it and trying, you know, I've been, the last time I had run into a nice guy like this would have been back when I was like trying to date men. Right. Um, I hadn't had something like this, like this bad happened in such a long time. And so I feel like I was able to see what happened to me through pretty clear eyes and able to handle it in a way that maybe before I wouldn't have. Right. But let's just get into the story. So this kind of like your story with someone I had like a false familiarity with. Like I had known this guy for 10 years-ish. He was in my same circles. We we work roughly in the same industry. So we would see each other at work things or he was always, you know, on the outside of some of my friendships. And we'd even hung out socially a couple times, but in group settings. But, you know, my impression of this dude per, you know, the stories we're telling was that this guy is so nice. This is like the nicest guy and everybody loves him. Like his reputation is that he's such a nice guy. He's so funny. He's goofy. He's silly. He's always there for a laugh. He fancies himself a feminist. I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> but like literally, like even in our conversations, you know, he would talk about feminism. He would talk about being, you know, a good ally to women, you oh, know, God. like, yeah, yeah, it's that. And honestly, I had not come across that as much. I'm not gonna share all the details here because of privacy of other people and a lot of reasons, but I'll give you- Spark notes. Yes, I, I'll give you the spark notes version and I'll give you all the pertinent information, um, but I, I don't wanna drag people into it who maybe don't wanna be dragged into it. So at some point, we became friends. Like we just were talking and we started hanging out. 
And I would love to look back and say like, oh, there's so many red flags. There was definitely red flags looking back of like his temperament, his inability to deal with frustration. Like he was a wall puncher. Ooh. He, the way he talked about women in one hand, he would talk about feminism and supporting women. And then he would also tell a lot of stories where a woman was the villain who had wronged him in some way. And he always spun it in a very, uh, I, I don't know what happened. Like, it's just hurtful to me, you know, that I'm not friends with this woman anymore. She doesn't talk to me. And now, like, looking back, I'm like, oh. Was always the victim. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, she was probably the victim. Um, or, or a girl caught on to what you were doing and didn't like it. Uh, yeah. But at the time, that's not something I noticed. I didn't flag that. And, like, up until the moment that this occurred, I would have bet my life that this guy was, I kind of did, uh, that this guy was nice, that this was a kind person, that this guy loved women, that this guy was the guy that would get you home safe. And oddly enough, the night this happened, full disclosure, I was on a medication. Like I had just started an antibiotic that turns out you're not supposed to drink on. So just throwing that in there. And I was also severely dehydrated. So oh, that doesn't help. No, it does not. So that's, <laughs> let me just preface with that. But I didn't know that. I didn't know you couldn't drink on it. I just, I thought I was fine. So um, I was leaving for the night and I remember my wife, trust your intuition, ladies, going, I don't have a good feeling about this. And I was like, it's going to be, it's fine. Like, we're, I'm just going out with him and his his friends, like at a bar, like, it's going to be fine. You know, you're worrying for no reason. She's like, no, I don't feel good about it. We actually kind of got into a tiff over it. And I was like, no, I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I think it's going to be fine. And I literally said something to the effect of, well, insert nice guy name is going to be there. So like nothing's going to happen to me. Like even if something happens, I'm there with this friend who I trust. Like sadly, it didn't even occur to me that he could be the one causing harm. Like even in, even in that, where I'm like thinking of worst scenarios, the worst scenario would be someone else harming me and him aiding me or rescuing me from that. Yeah. Which was a mistake. So let's get into the night in question, the trauma night, Tra trauma night. <laughs> it's like fright night. Um, <laughs> but something that's important to mention about this guy, other than him just being overly nice and literally like the guy, I'll br bring soup to sick people, bring flowers yeah. to people. Like that was his shtick. Other than that, he also was so complimentary to me that I was overwhelmed, like excessively complimentary. Like yeah. one could say love bombing if you wanted to. So that I just want to mention that because again, it adds to the nice, the nice guy aesthetic and why I was so caught off guard. So anyways, I get there and pretty early in the night, he abandons me <laughs> like right out the gates because he had invited me to this event, but he had people there who he really liked and really respected and really wanted to like him. So almost immediately he's like, bye, just like abandons me at an event. Like, all right, well, that's great. So I'm talking to strangers. He's the only person I know that's there. I'm a pretty social person. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll make the most of this. 
And I'm supposed to stay at his house that night because he lived far away from me. So I'm like, I'll just drink. So I have one, I'm like one drink in and I am excessively intoxicated. And I was starting to be kind of confused. And I was saying things like I would say something and immediately be like, whoa, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you know, one of those, like I, I like was cussing more than normal. I just felt out of sorts. And I, I remember actually asking to go home earlier on in the night. And he looked me dead in the eyes and was like, hey, like, I like you. That's why I invited you here. But I came here to be here to see these people. And so that's what I'm going to do. And that was the end of that conversation. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. I guess me. Like, okay. Right. And, and again, I had been drinking and now it was a red flag, but it wasn't like, I have to get out of here. Yeah. Now, this is where my memory starts to go. And Kate, I was there for several hours. And I remember 10 minutes total. I don't know if it was the antibiotics. Perfect storm. Yeah. Antibiotics, dehydration, which I was thoroughly dehydrated. Some other element. I'm not sure. And all of this, like my entire memory of this night is flashes of images and then like clues that I went back and looked at or people that I talked to. Like I literally played investigate, like detective. Piece the night together. Yes, piece the yeah. night together. But what what is important is that very early on, I started losing it. I was behaving erratically. I was, <laughs> sorry, it's a, it's a little bit of a tough topic. I'm a very, like, I wanna point out, I'm a very controlled person. Like, I'm a fun person. If I'm drunk, I'm a fun drunk, you know? Like, if I have too much to drink, I just am a little silly, <laughs> you know? That's, yeah. that's what's normal for me. And he would know that because he's been out drinking with me. The only person at that bar who knew I was not okay and was acting out of character was him. So I've gone back and looked at my tab which is one of the only pieces of evidence I have because I sure shit, I'm not going to him about it. Right. Um, and I had three drinks total on my tab, one of which I didn't drink, one of which I bought a drink for somebody. So the only thing I can think of is I must have post blackout people been buying me drinks. So I, at this point, am acting completely out of character. I would have been stumbling. I know I was confused because I remember being confused. And long story short, I was just absolutely like making a fool of myself, essentially. And Kate, just a quick, just a quick poll. If you were out with a girl and all of a sudden she's acting completely out of character and weird and incoherent, what would you do or think? Uh, well, I would try to get her home. First and foremost, good. Gets a good one. That's a great one. Good start. Good start. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know we've kind of talked about this before, but uh, no matter how annoyed or irritated I would be with that person, my number one uh, goal would be their safety, mm -hmm. or questioning what happened, or looking right. at people around her. Like, did someone do something to your drink, or? is something what is causing this out of character right behavior something you know. is wrong yeah something is wrong 
Well, he did not feel that way. He did not feel that way. Uh, he did not get me help. He did not give me an Uber. He did not get me out of the situation. I think the emotion he felt was not care, was not concern, but was anger. And I think he was angry that I messed his night up. And I have receipts as to that fact. So, but like, if he noticed this early on, that's what's confusing is like, why did he let it continue? Why didn't he just be like, I think you need to go home. Like, let's try to get you, you know, even with you saying like, I would like to go home. Yeah. Was that not like, you know, indication number one? Yeah. So Kate, he let, he let me do that for hours. He just watched me do that. Yeah. And then just sitting there stewing about it. Uh, He actually, per someone's comments, was talking to strangers about how, like, like talking bad about me to people he just met, who he was trying to impress about how I was behaving. He was more concerned about their impression of him in relation to me than he was concerned about me being okay. Just make being like, oh, I'm not associated with her. Correct. I'm not helping me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if like, literally, if I was like, one, I probably need my stomach bumped, like something was at that, like, because I ended up being very ill, but um, I probably need my stomach pump. So I probably needed medical attention, but at the very least, throw me in an Uber, dude. At the very least, I'll pay for it myself. Like I was- And it solves everybody's problem. Yes. That's what I don't understand. Like <laughs> Exactly. Simple. Everybody knows it. I was not, like, I could not make, could not do that. I'm, so again, like this is pieced from little flashes I have of what happened. Up until this point, you know, one could hope he didn't know what was going on. I have receipts that he did, but let's pretend he didn't. And he wants to leave. He takes me with him. I don't have any memory of going to his apartment. I don't have any memory besides throwing up, which means clearly I was sick. Like I was not good. Um, and then I have a, a large blank again. And then it's it's like you rebooted a computer because all of a sudden I have a memory and I I don't know if it's because I told the story to other people so it helps solidify the memory like after it happened I'm not sure but at basically the lights came back on while I was on his couch and I don't remember him leaving I don't remember anything but I just remember waking up by myself on a couch were you drinking water were you like likely drinking water? I was going to say, if you were dehydrated, I had an experience similar where I was not drinking very heavily. It was after I graduated college and I was out on a boat, like in the sun. So the mix of sun and like lack of water, my mom and dad came to like meet me at the tiki bar that I worked at Uh with, with my husband at the, we were dating at the time. And I have no memory whatsoever. My mom's like, you were blacked out drunk. And I have no memory or recollection of it whatsoever until I got on the boat and chugged a huge bottle of water. And it was like, like that, my memory came back. So I might have had a glass of water, actually. I think, I think he might've done the decency of getting me a glass of water. Yeah. Once I got to the the bare minimum. But all I know is that's when my memory comes back. The bar is in hell. (laughs) The bar is in hell. So my memory comes back. And I am still having, like, I just had severe confusion. I don't know how to describe it, but I remember the TV was on and it was really loud and I couldn't figure out how to work a remote. Just so you can understand cognitively, 
how bad, what in bad shape I was. I couldn't work remote. Yeah. I was vomiting. Um, and so I stumbled, I stumbled into his room and he was asleep. So sleeping soundly as I'm, you know, dying on the couch. So I go in to wake him up and I shake him to wake him up. Not that hard. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, apparently, you know, I just must have really injured him there. So I wake him up and and Kate, like to the point of your flip, the switch. Yeah. I had never heard this man be unkind. I had never had, had him be unkind to me. He had never been anything but adoring, if anything, like really overly nice, overly kind, overly supportive, complimentary, super sweet, complimentary, like, and I'm a neurodivergent gal. Like I love like <laughs> theme. Yeah. With like new friendships, you get really excited. So when people reciprocate that energy, I don't think bad things. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, versus like, oh, I may be coming from this place and they may be trying to manipulate me. But up until that point, literally, he had never said an unkind word to me. And he gets up. He's like, what? And I was like, I don't I don't know. I, I remember saying something about the remote. Like, I couldn't work it. Like, I don't know how the remote works. He's like, well, figure it out. And he's like, if you don't stop shaking me, I'm going to call the police. I'll either call the police or you can get a fucking Uber. And he was screaming in my face. Unhinged. And looking at me, even in that totally out of it state, like he was looking at me like I was garbage. Like I, he was disgusted by me. Like the look of hate from this guy who had prior to that been nothing but kind. It was so startling. It like punched me back into, I talked about it on the podcast, but there was a guy that I actually was in a relationship when I was young who screamed in my face one time. And then I was like, oh shit, this is who you are. And it felt exactly like that. So he screamed at me and told me I needed to get an Uber. Now, I don't know why I did some of these things, but this is what I did. I remember I, I must have got my stuff and left the apartment, which I don't remember that. But I do remember sitting down on the stoop and I like dialed all of my friends. No, he's awake. It's 2 a.m. But I was so scared and so out of it that I like panic dialed every, every girl I knew which just shows you the state I was in. And somewhere in there, I must have called the Uber because a car showed up. I don't remember ordering it. Um, and Kate, I swear to God, I just got into a car, literally got in the car. And then when I saw, when I confirmed it was the Uber, I remember feeling relief and be like, oh good. Like how dangerous is that? Yeah. <laughs> I just got into a car in the city. Just a random yeah. car that was pulled up. Could have been anybody. Then I was in like a 45 to 50 minute car ride. Probably not cheap. <laughs> no, it was not cheap, but I would pay it a thousand times over right. to get away from him. Um, so I get home, I stumble in, my wife, she walks in and I think I said like two words, like I barely spoke. And she was like, you're not good. You're not okay. Like, I'm really concerned something's wrong. So it took her, you know, five, 10 seconds of looking at me and hearing me speak to know I was unwell and needed help. And this other guy watched me flounder for hours without giving me assistance. Yeah. So, and at the very least, like he's screaming at you, get the f out of my house. Like 
you can see that you know you're irritated because someone's shaking you awake like i get that whatever i'm a i'm a kraken when people wake me out of a dead sleep but like clearly then get grab your phone order the uber for you mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the very least like he did nothing but yeah. just scream at you and tell you like to go fend for yourself and, and i mean there's so the much city yeah at, at 2 a.m yeah just ignorant Oh yeah, and it gets worse. Well, I, I don't know. I don't really get it. Get, it gets worse, but it shows you who he is later. So, so this happens. I'm I'm not well. Again, I probably should have gotten like tested to see if I had any drugs on my system. I probably should have. I should have gone in. I mean, I did end up calling my doctor, <laughs> like, hey, yeah. and you know, confirmed about the dehydration and the medication and all of those were plausible. I, obviously they couldn't tell if I was drugged or not. I, I, I don't remember anything that would make me think I was drugged, but I also don't remember a majority of the night. Right. So I puked for two days. I couldn't eat for two days. That's how sick I was. I definitely had alcohol poisoning. Like I clearly was drinking when I was blacked out. Like, all I know yeah. is the tab that I had did not match the intoxication that I was left with. Would you like to guess how long it took him to speak to me? I don't, I don't know, but hopefully you didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kate. So two weeks go by. And at this point, I had put the pieces together. Um, I feel like he's a, a narcissist, but he could be just a toxic person. But after that blow up at me and then realizing he did not care if I got home okay and did not care about me, that's enough for me. I'm at a place in my life where like, maybe when I was younger, I would have put up with that or tried to make that relationship work. But I'm not about to fight for somebody who did not care what happened to me. Right. Like that's a bare minimum of being in my life. And I hope it's the bare minimum for everybody listening. Like if someone doesn't care about your general well-being, you don't need to be friends with them. That's the thing. Like I, I would have taken better care of my, my arch nemesis Same. <laughs> in that situation. That, that night where I was drugged and those girls didn't know it, like they were with me all night. The friend whose apartment I was in had a friend who unfortunately aspirated once while being drunk and vomiting. Right. So mm-hmm. she stayed by my side through most of the night until I was soundly sleeping for fear of that happening to me. And those were two girls who I knew casually and then went out with. They took better care of me than this dude who's known me for 10 years. Yeah. So anyways, so at that point I block him on almost everything because I'm like, no, dude, no. So two weeks later, I get a message. Here's another poll, Kate. Would you like (laughs) to guess what he had to say? I can, I can only imagine, but I, I feel like it has something to do with the last episode when we were talking about like how the passage of time just, <laughs> you know, pads, pads the negative. I wish, Kate, that oh. would be slightly better. He reached out to me to yell at me for blocking him. Oh, no. Yeah, for blocking him. Oh, well, I mean. Yeah, that's um, why he reached out. Because he was basically like. I have, I can't believe you would do that. Like after everything I've done for you, like you just want to, you know, it still applies. He thinks, he thinks he's still worthy of your time and that, you know, that behavior was acceptable that you should still be willing to, you know, give him the time of day. Now, Kate, 
my pride did get the better of me in this situation because I actually wanted to meet up with him. And I'll tell you why in a public place for the record, because I did not want the last memory I have of this person to be me being completely unable to defend myself and completely out of sorts and needing help while he screamed in my face. Right. I wanted to be in my power and and confront what had happened and be like, listen, dude, like whatever happened up until that point, like you could have gotten me in an Uber. You could have gotten me out of the situation. Like it was clear I was unwell. You know, I wasn't good. I just wanted to be in my power, which is a pride issue. It's not a smart decision based right. on what I think about this man. So, so I try, I'm like, Hey, if you want to talk, we'll do that in person. Cause I'm, I'm not about to get in a text argument about something that serious. Like, right. And I feel like he's the type of guy at that point. I was like, I feel like you will twist my words. I don't yeah. want to do that. I don't want to do that. And he basically told me he didn't want to meet up with me because he was scared of me. Okay. <laughs> he literally was like, everybody was talking about how crazy you were being. Everybody was talking about it. Like shaming oh, me. Everybody. Crazy. But yet they were still buying you alcohol and yeah. like feeding you alcohol. Right. Everybody I'm was sure, I'm sure everyone was, was yeah. talking about it. And I did talk to some people and that long story short was not the case and it was confirmed that there was one person who was predominantly upset and that person was him so yeah he he literally is like i'm scared to meet with you everybody's scared of you i just don't know if i can meet with you i just didn't scared of you what? i just didn't that well i didn't know who that was i had the best day of my life and like then you did that like you ruined my day or whatever and oh my god ironically the more he tried to make me feel bad the more he proved how bad he was because he was repeatedly telling me how I was acting out of character, how I was so outlandish, how I was not being me, how he didn't know this person. And yet exactly. he didn't help me. Like, yeah. You're admitting that you knew something was wrong and something was very wrong. Yeah. I was blacked out for a majority of that evening. It just validated who he was as a person. It's like, so he says all that stuff to me. And I realized in that moment, this, it's not worth it. Like this, this is not going to go your way. You've tried to reach out and literally after not speaking to you for two weeks, the only interaction you've had is him trying to guilt you and shame you and make you feel like shit. And he doesn't right. even know if you're okay at this time. So I say, you know what, dude, if you're scared to meet me, then you don't know me. And I clearly didn't know you at all. So let's call it. And then he right. says something to the effect of, I'm just, I don't, what? I'm just trying to see if you're okay. And that, that statement is the first time in all of this that he ever even questioned my well being. <laughs> like two weeks after the fact. Yeah. And it's not even that he did ask if I was okay. He's saying, I'm just trying to ask if you're okay. It's like, where? This is a text, yeah. my guy, or not my guy. This is a text. So scroll on up and show me any place that you gave a single shit about my existence or right. my well-being anyways that was it and then since then i've had some calls from him recently he called me at like 7 a.m i was like what the f what is why are you still doing this dude like stop so yeah so that all happened and it was really it shook me it really shook right. me it shook me to the core it shook me that i didn't see the red flags it shook me that 
I got really close with someone. It shook me to be treated like garbage and to be yeah. an absolute SOS, save me, I need help territory. And someone who I thought was a friend, not only, you know, didn't save me, not only allowed for bad things to happen to me, but then took part in it himself and left me outside, out of my mind, 2 a.m. in the city. Good luck. Yeah. And again, even if you had been drinking irresponsibly, and if this wasn't like a unique situation like this, where you're like, I don't know how this happened. Something was truly wrong. Even if you had just gone and let loose like you're, you're a mom and had a, had a wild night where you just drank a little bit too much and, and got crazy and, and whatever the bare minimum should have been done to care for you. Like, again, I would take better care of my enemies if they yeah. were blatantly and purposefully blacked out drunk and embarrassing me in front of anyone, I would take better care of them than he took care of you mm -hmm. because I, I am smart enough to know that when somebody is blacked out drunk, they can't take care of themselves. <laughs> they uh, have a risk of alcohol poisoning. They have a risk of aspirating. They have a risk of not finding their way home, getting hit by a car, getting in the wrong car, getting picked up by a predator. Like, Jesus. There's All of that. Yeah, it's like, and it would be different if this guy didn't know me. Like, this guy knew me. This guy had seen me drunk before on multiple occasions like knew this was out of character said himself multiple times and it was yeah. like why didn't you help me then like I, you were mad at me clearly like did you like it's just it's like did you want me to suffer is that what you, did you need yeah. me to suffer like is that what you needed in that moment just like, wanted to embarrass you like yeah uh, i'm like <laughs> okay i'm embarrassed like you're clearly admitting that you were acting out of character like you it's not like you're trying to deny or, or pretend like you were acting appropriately no, like you've said it yourself yeah, I, I know I was at it. And like, that's, that's off. It's awful. It's awful to know. It's awful to yeah. know I was acting like that. I'm someone who prides myself on how I treat, how I act, how I treat people like, yeah, I'm, you know, like, I'm an in control person, like being yeah. out of control is terrifying to me. Yeah. And to know, to know that I was doing that for that long with no help. And like, yeah. nobody else there knew nobody else at that bar could have seen that and be like, Oh, shit. Reagan, something's wrong. Reagan's not acting like Reagan, but he did. Yeah. And he, that's what I banked on. That's what I trusted. And he and just this, pouted about it. And it's just like, that's where these guys are terrifying. Like when they revoke their kindness, it is not just like, oh, I'm not going to be nice to you anymore. They like go way below to like, yeah, uh, in an instant, I don't give a shit about you. I don't care what happens to yeah. you. I don't care if you get home safe. I don't care if you're sick. Get the out of my house. I didn't get what I wanted. Bye. Yeah. That's that's where they're dangerous because they go so far below what you expect just out of a decent human being after presenting themselves as such a nice guy. Yeah, it's really disappointing. It, it your judgment. It makes you feel insane. Yeah. To have missed that or like how did how did this happen? Yeah, that's I remember feeling that way too. I, my heart broke for a little eighth grade me. Like, oh man, this this boy you idolized for years and you know this wasn't wasn't who I thought he was on every level. Like I didn't even I didn't even go 
I didn't talk to anyone about it. Like I didn't even talk to like mutual friends. I did none of that because I knew I was like, this guy's whole persona is how nice he is. And if someone told me the story of what just literally happened to me, if someone would have told me that the day before that happened, I would say no way. And I realized I was now in that position where I had this horrible thing that happened to me and nobody was going to believe. Nobody's going to yeah. believe me. And if anything, they were just going to believe whatever story he's because immediately he was saying that story. These guys who are so nice, like you can't even tell your story. Like, I'm sure if you told your story about that guy, there were people be like, nah, not that guy. Oh, I, the next day, I remember texting uh, his cousin, who was my friend, who was much older than me, being like, yo, I'm so disappointed. Like this happened last night. And like, what the f basically. And even she was like, just downplayed it. Like, mm -hmm. I just remember not, I felt absolutely no validation. And she was just like, oh, that's a bummer. Like, I was like, no, I had to drive myself home. Like he, uh, he put me out on the streets. Like, Literally. It's a big deal. And it just felt like, all right, I, because of his reputation, like, I'm going to be the one who looks trashy in this yes. situation. Exactly. And I just didn't, I didn't, I remember getting in my car and driving back up North. And I don't think I came back down for the rest of the summer. Cause I was just like, screw this. I was so disappointed. It's like you go away and then they start shit. Like, yeah. they're like, good. I'm glad you're gone. I'm going to tell a lot, talk a lot of shit about you. Yeah. And you, you want to know the part that I shouldn't laugh because it was, you know, an upsetting incident. But the part that makes me laugh, <laughs> while he was screaming in my face, cussing me out, threatening to call the police, and <laughs> kicking me out of his home at 2 a.m., this man was wearing a bracelet from the Women's March. Because <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> like wearing, I was like, yeah, you love women, buddy, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you shitting me? That imagery is so f***ed up. Yeah, that should be another I've had it with. I've had it with the feminist nice guy. Oh, I didn't even, that wasn't even on my radar. Because yeah. I knew, I know truly nice guys who are feminist. Like, I didn't even think, but it, like, just getting screamed at like that with some, <laughs> someone's wearing a woman's march bracelet. <laughs> like, all right, well, uh, clearly a virtue signal there. But yeah, so it, yeah, it's like he had every single thing to make me think he was legit. I mean, he wore yeah. a woman's march. He told me about being at the woman's march. He told me how he, now we're getting to shit talking, but he told me how he like made sure everyone had water and Gatorade at the woman's march and he actually went on a run for it. And it's Except like for you when you were blacked out drunk. Let's make sure Reagan has water. Where's my Gatorade? Where's Reagan's Gatorade? It's like, Dick. If, if someone spends most of their time telling you what a good guy they are, how funny they are, what a good friend they are, what a good partner they are, blah, 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 blah. Probably not. Let's uh, make them prove it. Let's yeah. Get, let's get some receipts for that. We're in a new age, in my opinion, we're in a new age where guys do know the right things to say. Like this guy that I talked about knew the right things to say, could talk the talk about feminism and equal rights, like really was into that, you know, seemingly wore a bracelet. <laughs> but it was like, yeah. not when it came to him, you know, not when it came to, like, it's performative. It's a performative type of kindness, a performative type of niceness. 
and then you see the real them and it's like you got to look out for it you got to look out because they do know the right things to say they will say the right things to you yeah and it's like you don't I don't want to scare people into sure. thinking that all men are bad that's not right. the case but you have to just be wary that they have the capability to say the right thing and to make you feel safe and that you need to have a standard high enough and to allow enough time for these people to prove themselves before you put your trust fully into them like in these situations if you're going to you know go out and and plan on taking care of each other, having each other's yeah. backs. Like you need to make sure that this person has been fully vetted. Yeah, right. If somebody's constantly talking about how good they are, how kind they are, what a feminist they are, whatever, just push back. Push back a hair. Challenge it a little bit. I'm not saying manipulate them, but I'm just saying like literally any type of pushback, they'll start to get cagey. Yeah. Ask questions. Yeah. Dig deep. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Because literally I look back and I'm like, you had a lot, he had a lot of stories where women wronged him. And I did not flag that. And I did not question that. It's like, yeah. look for these things. Sometimes sexism will come out in a weird way. And like, look for the victim, the always the victim. Look for the, I have to be validated all the time. Like these guys are nice when they're getting what they want. So look for instances where they're not getting what they want and how they then behave. Because you don't know somebody if you've only seen them when they're getting everything they want on their terms. Any final thoughts, Kate? Deep breaths. If somebody is saying all the right things, making you feel really confident about your connection, checking all the boxes, challenge it. Question it. Further the conversation about it. Make sure that they can back up what they're saying with their actions. And... Uh, don't just take them at their word. And if they have to say it a lot, then there might there's be a, a reason. problem. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. They're trying to convince themselves as much as they're trying to convince you. They're trying to do it all in one, <sighs> one fell swoop. Oh, girl. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Kate, for I appreciate you, you know, sharing a, a, a bit of a a sadder tale, getting a little more emotional about these things. Do I hear a cat? Do you? <laughs> Oh, sorry. You... <laughs> I hear her too. She's Hi, Kitty. howling. She's she's mad too. It's funny leaving it. She's a night howler. She just howls at night. I like it. Anyways, she wants to she wants to give the end note to this podcast. She's saying the nice guy. <laughs> Cats do hate nice guys. That's what this yeah. is. She's objecting. Yeah. Objecting. She's <laughs> pushing back. Questioning. She's giving the sound off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, no, but in all honesty, thank you for sharing. I, like, I feel like it's hard to tell. I know I had a hard time telling the story, but these stories are hard to tell, particularly when there's no like humor to lean into. Right. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Happy to be here. Hopefully it helps other people feel less alone. That's our goal. If you have a nice guy story and you also want to get it off your chest. And again, it's anonymous. And we don't say names, but if you want to share your story, please send it to the F the Nice Guy podcast at gmail.com. We would love to share your stories. All right, Kate, thank you so much for being <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> listeners, thank you so much for listening. And as always, my friends, the nice guy. <laughs>